Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And we're back in Paynton this week. The weather has taken against Torquay's plans to train out at Sealhane this morning. You've come in that way, David. Pretty, um, pretty filthy out there. Well, you know what it's like getting through Newton Abbott at the moment. Uh, <laughs> at the best of morning times. and evening. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, yeah. I so had, it, to, had to hold up. I was on the naughty step this morning <laughs> for being late. <laughs> but um, yeah, we Sealhane so, is not in good nick. At the it's moment, not. It's, it's not that, great. That caused the switch. So there was a last minute switch to South Devon College. Um, we'll be in again on Gary Johnson's press conference and then we'll uh, we'll come back afterwards and chat with, about a few of the things that he raised in that and plenty else more besides. So as usual, the first voice that you hear on the podcast this morning will not, be... Not for that long. No. No, no, it's short no. and sweet, isn't short it? Short and sweet. Talkie United's very own Patrick Tinkler. We've got Chorley on Saturday. Uh, can you tell us, firstly... The Yellow Army would be interested in obviously our injury situation. What can you tell us about how that's improved? It's not improving that that much. Um, I think we, you know, we, we you may lose. It's still early Thursday as we speak, but um, we may gain one and lose one. So it's one of those. So we're not none the real wiser at this moment in time. Um, you know, it's a very busy medical room, of course. And we're trying to get them back as, as soon as we can, so that we you know, we, we have a bigger squad. But um, at the moment, you know, we we're good enough. We know we've got what it takes. Um, as the lads have shown in most of the games recently, you know, we've had a poor poor result against Sutton and a poor performance actually as well. Um, and we had the same the week before against Maidstone in the cup. But then we you know, we was happy with the boys that were in the team for the other games that we had a good winning winning run in form and it put us within two points of the of the top and now we, we we got beat but we're now three points from the top but we're still we're still there and we've got to make sure that the boys uh, you know, don't feel sorry for themselves because the squad's not big enough certainly the ones in the team should be saying i've got to make sure that i stay in this team when every, everybody gets back fit so hopefully that's motivation for them uh, to perform and run a bit harder than uh, than we did against Sutton. Chorley stopped a losing streak three games against Chesterfield winning 3-2 last time out. Uh, how dangerous does that make them obviously yeah, come, well, in, come to us from the back of the win? Yeah that's right it obviously um, makes them dangerous because it gives them a little bit more confidence um, they played well as well. I mean, they, I, I thought they deserved the result on the day. Um, they are a team that I think they've had seven, eight, nine nil-nils. Um, so that, that makes them dangerous because it means that if they can nick a goal, they'll be quite good at dropping in and parking the bus, as it were. They're not a parking the bus team. They've got a little bit of everything um, but they've also let in goals at times um, 
so we have to, you know, again, we've had a good look at them and just to see where we think that we can cause them a problem and, uh, and just make sure that they, they don't cause us a problem, you know. So we've got to, um, you know, have a, have a good organisation, um, but we've got to have a little bit of uh, innovation as well, and that's, that's important. Romani Medford-Smith has, has been with us a little over a week. Um, what have you made of his progress so far? He's done right. He's uh, he's a lot more settled now. I mean, obviously the, the game was only his second or third day with the lads, and we, we tried to bludgeon him with all the information. Um, and I thought he he did okay, but he and I had a chat, and we both feel that there's more to come from him. So um, you know, this is a good game for him to open up and show how uh, show his ability and uh, what he's got and why we brought him here. Uh, so I think he's enjoyed, he didn't enjoy the defeat like everyone else, but he's enjoyed trying to prove himself at this next next level, um, from his last line anyway, um, so that he can impress his, his team at uh, uh, Reading and, uh, you know, and he can prove himself to them as well because they'll be at all the games watching him. The table's pretty bunched up, isn't it, in terms of points and... Title challenges can still come from pretty much anywhere uh, yeah. in the league table. What's your reading of, of the table at the moment? Well, we have to. You have to look up um, because that's what you do. But of course, when you read the league table, you don't go like that and cover everything else uh, below you. Um, and if you do get a defeat, then there's the results went for us above us. You know, there's only a couple of wins above us and a couple of draws, but. Um, there's always going to be wins below you, and it has concertina the, the league a little bit more, um, and it just drags more teams. And if you're in the sixth, seventh spot of the playoff positions, you're the ones generally that the, all the others outside the playoff zone are looking to catch. Um, so all those become six pointers um, when you play those teams. So. Yeah, it's a precarious position, but it's better to be uh, sixth than eighth anyway. Uh, so, you know, we're pleased we're in there and every win consolidates your position. So we've got to try and, as we said, and I think we're good enough to put uh, two or three wins together again. Depending on where the Yellow Army are in the country, it's one long trip and one shorter trip coming up um, yeah. and for us as well yeah. um, so looking forward to seeing them for the games uh, as always uh, yeah no it's, you know we, we we owe them one uh, I've said that a couple of times with that we won the league and I said it two or three times last year and we ended up winning the league so I think we we paid them back for a couple of dodgy results that we had and and all I can say is that we we feel it as much as them when we don't have a good result like that last away one at Maidstone and um, we're always grateful for their support, especially the, the travelling that they do, because it is unbelievably na unbelievable nowadays um, with it on the roads of, of our motorways, especially coming home late, etc. So you know, they, they, they put a lot of effort in, in doing that, and we do appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, in time, you know, they will see that as a uh, as helping us. Get the, the success that we're craving for. 
the um, Elmore result on Tuesday night. We did take a few boxes for you. Good performance, clean sheet. Yeah, it was on a, a, a very, with all due respect to Elmore, they they done well to get it played really because mm. it was very boggy, um, and it was you know, two inches of, of, of mud sort of thing. So it was a heavy game for some of our younger younger lads. But um, you know we had a strike force of Duku, uh, Olaf. And Rory, so you know we knew that they have got to be dangerous on any sort of level, um, as far as the grass is concerned, against any level, and uh, you know they proved quite pivotal. But they was very well supported by the young lads that played on that day and the subs that come on, and I was really pleased with um, the way we interacted with our. South Devon College boys, some of our young boys, and some of our yeah. older pros that needed a game. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, a competitive game. It was a good game. I heard, yeah, I heard. Yeah, 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 it was competitive, yeah. and you know, credit to Elmore as well because you know, they had chances. So yeah. it, was a, it wasn't one of them that, like everyone got stuck in the mud. There were some opportunities at both ends, and uh, probably Alex a little bit of quality sort yeah. of won, won the day. So it's a cup competition that could give you some opportunities to, to blood some youngsters and well uh, it can do sometimes yeah. you know it's a it's a it's a bit of a nightmare when you've got lots of injuries you know we couldn't afford to to play especially on that sort of surface if you like the some of the, our lads that have got knocks and that sort of thing you know we couldn't afford to at this stage lose any more uh, first team first team players but there are there are times that there's a few good things about it. It's good for the young lads to get experience alongside some of the pros. It's good for some to get 90 minutes, the pros. When, and, and as we go on and whoever we're, we come up against next time will depend on what our reasons are for picking a particular team. So, but it's, it's good to you know, be in it and, yeah. uh, and move to the next round and we'll see whether that helps us a bit later on when people might need games. Um, I think the message that you've been trying to get over, particularly to the players, but uh, I'm sure it has a wider audience as well, that, that, that this not feeling sorry for ourselves in this situation yeah. with, with these injuries. Yeah. And if anything, uh, if we're reading it right, you're kind of trying to up the ante with, with, with them all. Yeah. We're in the middle of the winter now, we're coming into it. The pitches aren't quite as good as they were. Yeah. Um, is, would you like to see a bit more of, it's a cliche, but you know, the ugly side of the game, harder to beat. We've, we, we've, we've picked up a lot of plaudits this season. The Halifax manager calls it the best team we've, we've he'd seen, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah, scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. Is this being harder to beat not a bad thing to be aiming for at this time of year? Yeah, no, I, of course, and I understand that. And uh, there was lots of occasions last year we had to change our game within a game. Sometimes, you know, the teams you know, when, when we went to East Farrock and there was other games, you know, the places Dulles, like exactly. You know, we we had to change our game. Um, what we're hoping is is that we're bringing in players that have got that football intelligence, where they know what type of game they need to play and what type of passes they need to make and what type of runs for any circumstance. Now of course they're not all going to be footballer Einstein sort of thing so something we have to help them. Um, and uh, yes of course the winter 
is a different game sometimes, depending on the state of the pitches, etc. Um, but anyway, you've still got to compete. And anyway, whether it's a short ball or a long ball, it's still got to be quality. And, uh, you know, and that's really what I'm saying. Man. The footballer in you's got to come out. You've got to play the right pass at the right time. Um, and if you don't, we'll remind you. And if we've got to remind you too many times, then you'll be sitting next to us on the bench, or less. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but uh, we will adjust accordingly yeah. without taking away too many of our principles. Yeah, I mean, in other words, the next couple of games, Chorley away, Eastley away, I, if I'm reading it right, if we were to get two clean sheets in those ma in those matches, that would please you hugely. Uh, um, it will. It won't if we don't score. No. And we draw nil-nil. Um, but obviously, a couple of clean sheets would be good. But there's a there's always a balance between you know, being organised and being compact, and but not forsaking your your game going forward because that's what wins your games. You know, actually going forward. You know, we just talked about. Um, the, the four nil nils that Chorley had had, or they had four on the trot, and then they'd had three or four others. And you know, if, if they'd have turned a couple of them around, then they'd be mid table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yes, it's good to get a nil nil, but I'd rather, if it's going to be nil nil, I'd rather be the team that's tried to win it. Yeah. So to pick up on some of the things that Gary was talking about in the press conference there, we I mean, the injuries are the big story of the week, aren't they? <laughs> they seem to be the big story of each yeah. week at the moment, don't and they? It, it's not getting... He's, he said one in, one out. Yeah. So we're going to assume that that possibly means Jake Andrews uh, returning? Well, he was, certainly was very hopeful last weekend yeah. that he would be fit for... Um, uh, for uh, uh, Mr. Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> We've been joined by the, the dog. There you yeah, go. You, see, we, you can tell we're back in the painting yeah, yeah. He's studio. Trying to get, he's trying to get what remains of my biscuit off yeah. me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jake was was very hopeful that he would be yeah. available for this weekend. So, fingers crossed if he, he might be back. I would have thought the two casualties last Saturday, mm -hmm. of the two of them, I would have thought Frank Vincent is was the more worrying. I know Ben Whitfield has trained again since then, yeah. so because Frank Vincent and had Ben Whitfield my, both limped off during the Sutton game, they did. You know, yeah. as, as as if United need anything more to go wrong yeah. last Saturday, um, and and at the risk of sounding like an old record going round, you know, I think it is worth repeating that that if you take seven, eight players. And they're creative uh, players and as well. A aren't lot they? of them are. Yeah. We're not talking about bit part players here. No. You know, when you're talking Armani Little, Connor, Connor Lemonhead Evans, Asa Hall, um, Jake Andrews, Liam Davis, yeah, you know, Opie Edwards. Opie Edwards. As well. the, yeah. the, these are all yeah. players who, who, you know, are. Yeah. We normally expect to do stuff, mm. you know, in games, and they are match winning players. Um, and so <clears throat> the fact that they're. They're out. They're all out. Quite a at lot the of them time. for for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I I defy any team at almost any level to handle that kind of of, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, especially one at national league level. Um, and Gary wasn't giving away this morning which of the players he thinks might be coming back or which of the players no. might be um, might be added to the list. But no. um, we'll find that out on Saturday. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's deliberately playing things quite close to his chest yeah. on on yeah. that score at the moment. United have got two. I mean, we keep saying this every week. 
very important away games. I mean, that, it was a, obviously a home yeah. game last weekend, but um, coming up. Because with the cup games as they are, these games come in little sets now, don't they? It, you know, it, it feels that way. It does, it? I mean, so we've got Chorley away Saturday, Eastley away Tuesday, Stockport, Stockport at, away home, at home, at the home following the following Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're coming thick and fast, aren't they? It feels like that, doesn't yeah. it? Especially when you throw in a reserve game at Elmore on Tuesday night, reserving quotes. Um, Which went well, 4-0 win, uh, Manny Duku scoring, and Olaf got a hat-trick, didn't well, he? <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. He's. Uh, I think we've repeated it this before, isn't he? That uh, um, he, he's a uh, get him out there, yeah. And he'll he'll very often stick the ball in the back of the net. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a Peninsula League side against a United mm. reserve team. But I think, as Gary said in his press conference, probably the thing that pleased him most of all was the way so many of the younger lads, um, yeah, the the. the uh, uh, the South Devon College uh, and academy players um, shaped up in that match in quite heavy conditions. Yeah, um, I sparky game as well by the sound of yeah, it. Yeah, sounded yeah. quite lively yeah. as as you would hope. You yeah, know, a very competitive game. Well, why not? You know, uh, you don't just want to kick around in matches no. like that, do you? Um, uh, I dropped in and watched the youth team play last Saturday um, at home to Champion Sports. There from Dorset, yeah. United won one nil in the end. Um, I did nip off before the winner went in, I must say. But uh, and I was very impressed by by one or two of the players. JJ Evans in midfield look, looks a real yeah. class act. And as we were just chatting to Chris Todd on the way out um, of the press conference this morning, it seems uh, rather unfortunately he's picked up a bit of an ankle injury on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, so he was one of the casualties from that, which is which is a shame uh, because he's 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 going to be a very good player. Do you think he'll be the next one in the uh, in the, the production line, there if you few, like, after Olaf and there. Louis Slough? Yeah, he and Owen Price have both yeah. got in the um, uh, English Colleges FA team, which is a, a national selection, very yeah. good. Um, uh, uh, Josh Baxter is there or thereabouts, one or two others. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's coming on quite well. Um, but the fact that, you know, those lads can go in and, and you know, help yeah. in a 4-0 win against, you know, a senior um, Peninsula League side who no doubt were in no mood to roll over. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, 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 you know, fingers crossed for JJ uh, to, uh, to get over that quickly. Let's talk a little bit about the Sutton game then. I mean, lots of doom and gloom all over social media this week. It, it, Torquay lost by two goals to one. It wasn't a good performance by Torquay, acknowledged by the manager. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And I think I think if there's been one kind of... I, I, Gary and I had a long chat on Monday evening, you know, after, after Monday training, as we often do, um, uh, mainly for Herald Express purposes. Um, and... The very clear message I got from him, he said, we had a big meeting today, Dave, in the morning. I said, oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, 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 the clear impression he gave was that despite the injuries, despite all of those problems, we are not feeling sorry for ourselves in, this, in no. these circumstances. And, and it was very much a, oi, you, the ones who are in the team and who are left, if that's the right way of putting it, have got to do better. In other words, it wasn't an arm around the shoulder job. Um, uh, and individually and collectively, they yeah. were all left in no doubt that more was and is expected. Yeah. And I think that's a, quite an interesting way for him to attack the situation. Um, I suppose you could say, well, what else could he do? But um, 
you know you, it, yeah. it's a it's in other words it was another underlining of the fact that united are aiming to win promotion this season and more is expected isn't it i mean it, that, the performance was below par on some yeah. of these i it? think it was when united actually they, they started quite well didn't they uh, header from matt Buse, um uh, uh, jean <laughs> yves niarte yeah cleared off the line Yes. Um, yeah. In the first, what, five, six minutes, something like that. So it wasn't as if United didn't start okay. Um, but they conceded a goal, which all goals are preventable, aren't they? But, yeah. you know, that, that player ran an awful long way with the ball, didn't he? He, did. he got uh, through two or three he did. half yeah. challenges, didn't That's he? That's right. Yeah. One a little bit unfortunate. Uh, but then United equalised very quickly with, a, with a, a beautifully taken goal by Ben Winter. Let's talk um, a little bit about that one, though, because that, I mean... It, a it very looked, typical United goal. Yeah, it looked good. I mean, Reedy took the ball from the... Um, ben Whitfield breaks the... Uh, well, gets on, a poor pass by Kenny Davies, who, of course, is one of the Sutton's best players. Yeah. Uh, deep in his own half. Uh, a typical United counter-attacking goal. Uh, uh, and all credit to, to Winter for getting up the pitch as quickly yeah. as he did. He did. United did play a wing-back formation for the first time mm -hmm. for a while on Saturday. Jean-Yves Kouignati was brought in at right um, centre-back. Cundy... Um, uh, and Carl Cameron and Winter was right wing back and the new lad Romani Medford Smith was left wing back. But when you're wing back, you still got to get up there, and it's even yeah. harder when you're on a counter attack from fairly deep in your own half. Um, but the ball up to, to Jamie Reed, he held on to it, which was crucial for Winter to make the ground. Yeah. He then rolls the pass into it, and what a good finish by Winter. Oh, he um, passed it, passed it. Just when you're thinking... Precision, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. He's on an angle, yeah. and you know it's easy to miss those, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time it isn't a miss anyway, but um, uh, he, he, it's a beautifully taken goal, very cool and very yeah. confidently. And you think at that stage, oh, it's okay, one all. We'll be all right, right now. We'll be all yeah. right now. Um, and it wasn't. And it's, um, it, it says something about, I, I suppose, says something about how well Sutton defended against our obvious threats that um, Jean Yves had more chances than almost anybody else. Well, didn't there he? you go. Um, uh, uh, the, it, United didn't look completely secure at the back, I didn't think. Mm. But um, I thought Carl Cameron had a very good game at left centre back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, left centre back. I thought Ben Winter was very good. Um, but going forward, I think as well, and, and Jamie Reid and Seiko Jani will be the first ones to hold their hands up and say they didn't really play all that well on Saturday. Mm. I think United were really looking for the front two to, to do the bizzo and yeah. lift everybody, and it just didn't happen. And I think it's worth remembering, thinking back to last season, when Seiko Jani first turned up from Bristol City, he was only 18 then, of course, yeah. um, uh, he ran around um, and put a lot of effort in, but nothing quite went right for him for the first two or three it games. It took him, yeah, it took him a few games, it didn't did. it? But once he got his eye in, quite, yeah, and and started scoring a goal or two, he took off. Yeah. Now, I think he's still in a similar mm. patch at United. He didn't have a great game in quite again quite difficult circumstances at Maidstone. You know, look, he's a class act. He's quick. He, he will he works deliver. Hard. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's not like we're no. all looking and saying, "Well, he can go back." Yeah. No, no. We're very happy. You to hang on to him for a bit. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. And and um, so, but that didn't quite happen on Saturday. So when when your front two, who let's face it, the leading scorer in the league, and yeah. somebody we know can be not far behind him when he gets going, then you're up against it, aren't yeah. you? And I yeah. think Sutton sensed that. Sutton sensed that United weren't quite firing on all cylinders on Saturday and there's nothing when you're in trouble down the bottom of the table and you're away from home to a, an informed yeah, yeah. team at the top of the table and you suddenly sense hang on we can get something here 
That's a wonderful motivation. United have done it. I've seen them away from home. Uh, under Kevin Nicholson, I remember we played Lincoln City away, who spoken for, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Cowleys in charge, charging towards the championship uh, in the conference uh, at around about Easter time. Uh, Ruri Keating scored, and United, who should have, on all counts known to man, should have been on the end of a tonking at, at, uh, at, yeah. at, at uh, Lincoln, very nearly beat them away that day, purely because they sensed that Lincoln weren't having a good day and they were in with a chance. And that yeah. they raised their game. They ended up losing 2 1 in the end. But um, I always, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that can happen. So, moving ahead to. By the way, let's, go before we go that. Their winning goal, Sutton's winning goal. Yeah, it's a foul. It's a foul on I Robbie. Thought it was a foul on I Robbie thought the referee Kennedy. last yeah. Saturday, Aaron Jackson, yeah. was poor. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm, we're not. We don't spend our time knocking referees on this podcast. But I thought his general handling the game was poor. Yeah, and. Robbie Cundy goes takes off to win a perfectly straightforward defensive header in his own half, and is basically <laughs> nudged, barged. Uh, there's uh, what there's a shove, isn't there? There was yeah. a shove yeah. by Omar yeah. Bagheel. Yeah. Good luck to Bagheel. I thought he played quite well on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And well, if you can get away with it, you'll do it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's part of his job up yeah. front. He was yeah. on his own anyway. Yeah. Um, and the ball goes straight past uh, uh, um, yeah. Robbie Cundy's head. Harry Butyman, who feeds on this sort of thing, he's got yeah. a very good goal-scoring record from midfield. Wherever he's been, is onto it, and all credit to him. And he sticks it under Lucas yeah. Cobland for the winning goal. So, I, I thought it was a foul. There were well, a lot of people on social media who didn't think it was a foul, but I, I, I yeah, it, I, I, I would have. I thought it was. Yeah. If if once you've taken off, yeah, you can't. You're playing the man in the air. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. You, you can't. You can't. There's an awful lot of, you. You can't change your your yeah. tack, can yeah. you? Um, and uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was a foul. Um, my instinct at the time was, and I've seen it again, and I still all right. It might not look quite as bad on, on replay, but these margins are very fine, aren't yeah. they? Between yeah. getting your head on something and not getting your head on something, and and I thought he was he was nudged off it, um, and they've gone through and scored. When you're not playing well, those sort of things sometimes yeah. happen to you. And a unique uh, tactical formation towards the end for Torquay, who were playing basically a 5-5 formation, <laughs> weren't they, towards Because Cundy well, went up. Cundy went up front. <laughs> Dooku came on. Absolutely. I mean, when you think of United's mid, the midfield they finished up with on, on, on yeah. Saturday, um, uh, Ben Whitfield, uh, Matt Buse, Calvin, um, uh, Calvin Kalala, um, Romani Medford-Smith, Oh, well, Ben Whitfield went off as well, didn't that's he? That's right. Yeah. Ben, yeah. And then Ben Whitfield had to go off. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, was that five? We've maybe forgotten somebody. And then obviously Reed and Janney up front, and, and Cundy went up up front yeah. as well. If you think where that stands in Torquay United's probably opted first team selection, yeah, that is vastly different, yeah. isn't it? It was Medford Smith's first game. He looked, looked decent going he looked forward. Okay. I thought he I looked, looked lively John- going forward. Yeah, Gary yeah. Johnson in his press conference said, yeah. obviously, they, you know, they're mm-hmm. looking for more from him. He did okay, I think, is yeah. what Gary Johnson yeah. said, and he was absolutely right, uh, which is a hugely important issue, let's face it, because Liam Davis is such an important yeah. player for United that United need Medford Smith to sort of switch on and, and, and give his absolute best, which obviously he will be, but, but, uh, and, and really make a success yeah. of that loan. Yeah. So to the two games ahead then, uh, somebody alluded to in the press conference, two fairly long trips, Chorley 
up in the northwest near Bolton uh, on Saturday. Chorley are or have been struggling, but as Gary Johnson pointed out, they've drawn a lot of games. Yeah, you know they're not getting hammered every week. Well, they've as, drawn as, a lot. Of as games. United know, draws don't get you an awful long way, do they? No. Um, especially when you're trying to get out of relegation trouble. They've just come up last year mm-hmm. after years of trying. Yeah, uh, uh, four playoffs in five years. I think they've been in. Um, finally made it last season. They've got um, some decent players as well, well haven't they? Well, yeah, they, they relied mostly on last season's squad, but he's brought in players like Chris Holroyd, who's been injured recently, yeah. who United fans would have seen. We've seen him a few scores times, of we? times yes. at various yeah. clubs, Macclesfield, Wrexham, and a few others. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, they, they, they'll. And yeah. of course, you know, they had a, they had a huge win at, Ch- at Chesterfield. It mm. was a funny old day last Saturday, wasn't it? Was. it? When you look, Gary referred to in his press conference that, you know, that the results went for us, basically. Could have been a lot worse, weekend. couldn't it? It yeah. could have been a lot yeah. worse. Of course, if United would have won, they'd have been level top, wouldn't they? But um, Which only upped the frustration, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Barrow, Barrow winning 3 0. At Notts County, Notts County have been going really well yeah. and have got their eyes after a terrible start. After a terrible well. start, yeah. including a two 0 win over over Torquay yeah. up there. Barrow, who United beat at Plainmore, was that four one two? of the four twos? Yeah. Yeah. Go in there, go there and win three 0 Now we know Barrow are decent anyway, but you know there's some funny old mm. results, weren't there? Um, it is Bromley it is nearly lost at home to Harrogate. I know Harrogate have been going quite well. Yeovil lost at home to Dover. Yeah. It was a it was a weird old day one way or another. The, virtually the top half of the table is covered by about five points at the moment. Isn't it, it is. It? Nobody has really made the break yet. Have no, they? no. And I think, um, you know, I tried to say do a piece in the, in the Herald this week that that I think an awful lot of owners, boards, managers have sensed that this season there ain't any Lincoln Cities, mm, yeah. Tranmere Rovers, Luton Towns, Bristol Rovers of the last few years where you'd think. And they go top of the table and you think, well, they'll take some catching. It's not like that this year. And I think quite a lot of people are thinking, hey, this could be the year to have a go to get out. And United are amongst them. Um, But what I think Gary Johnson has been trying to say is that in some ways that makes it almost more competitive. um, Because there's probably six to eight teams that seriously think they can get out of the league this season. Mm. So big game, Chorley, Saturday, three yeah. o'clock kickoff. A lot of the, the northern fans will be up there. I know the Yorkshire girls are making their plans to get across Victory because they've been, uh, they've been chatting on social media. So they'll all be up there. There's always terrific support anywhere in the north of, yeah. anywhere north of, well, there's terrific support for the United everywhere. But uh, no, no, there'll be... Anywhere the, north of Newton Abbott. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be a, a strong contingent there. And then Tuesday night, another tough, tough game away at Eastleigh who won at Playmore earlier in the season. 3-2. As you say, that's the, that'll be the first completed fixture, and it? it'll be the it first team that we're playing for a second time. Yeah. Um, and after a, a very inconsistent start to the season by their standards, because don't forget they reached the playoffs last year, um, uh, under Ben Strevens, they've started to run into a bit of form. <laughs> Cheers, well done. Just at the right time. <clears throat> yeah. um, uh, beat Stourbridge in a cup replay on Tuesday night. Uh, Scott Rendell's run into form after... You know, yeah. struggling earlier in the season. I think he's got about eight goals in his last seven or eight games. How many times are our paths going to cross with Scott Rendell? <laughs> I like Scott Rendell as oh, no. a player. Like him a lot. Um, 
You know, it, it's a sh- he came back, didn't he, in pre-season? He did. A couple of years not ago, fit. not fit. No, played in a friendly. And nothing happened. Looked, did and it? we thought, no, he's that's he not just, the Rendell we remember. No, yeah. But he seems to be back on form again now. Well, he's he's been around. He knows exactly yeah. what's needed in this league. Um, but he couldn't even get in the team <clears throat> earlier on in the season. No. Easily, he, he is now. Uh, and of course, they've got the redoubtable Danny Hollands in midfield. Yes. Who, who, another ex-United loan player from. Uh, the early two thousands. He played um, well in the game at Plainwood. Oh, he's a didn't good he? player. He's a yeah. very good player. If 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 he had a yard of pace, he'd still be in the football league, I think. Um, but he's a very good player. Clever, times his runs really yeah. well. Scores goals. He and Scott Rendell, I think, have got fifteen between them this season. Yeah. Um, which isn't bad for a midfield player and a striker. Um, and they'll they'll fancy it Tuesday, won't they? They'll they be will. Looking forward to it Tuesday. They will. So, um, so you've got two tough games. Yeah. Uh, one of my very good United supporting mates said he would take two points in these next two really? uh, yeah. away yeah. games, um, and I see what he exactly what he means. Yeah. Um, but you know, fingers crossed. You never know. Just when you think it, you know, people are predicting doom and gloom after the Sutton game. You know what Torquay are like. They could just bounce straight back into. Well, I think it's 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 because United have so much at stake at the right end of the table yeah. that it, it's it's a, when over the last six years five or six years before last season, of course, that when you're down the bottom bottom half of the table or fighting against relegation, a defeat doesn't mm. come as a terrible shot because it's, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> another, another defeat. Here we yeah, go again. quite, yeah. here we go again. But when you've had the sort of run that United have had, six wins in seven league games, seven wins in eight in all competitions, close to within two points of the leaders, Halifax yeah. manager calls you the best team in the league, etc., 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 it's almost that a defeats for fans, it gets it, it's it gets magnified, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And I can understand people, uh, you know, being really disappointed and frustrated last Saturday. Of course you are. No, 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 none, no more than the players and the management. Uh, but you can blow these things out of proportion sometimes. I yeah. mean, United last season they galloped away with a National South title. They lost twice to Chippenham. We all remember them losing at home to Western Super to Western Mayor, Super Mayor. Yeah, yeah. I know United still looked like they would always do it and they mm. had points in the bag by that stage or, or looked as if they did. I can remember in 2003-04, best United team we've seen for 30 or 40 years under Leroy Rossinia, the Russell, yeah. Fowler, Steve Woods, David Graham side. United had the double done over them that season by Rochdale, who I think finished just outside the relegation places, or, or yeah, uh, yeah, I think they they just stayed up, and it happens, it just happens, and yeah. and if uh, you know teams at this level <laughs> could win every single week, well, nobody would turn up, would they? No, that's um, true. And uh, there you go. You just have to bounce back and keep your keep your hair on. You do. No. One of the just harking back to last Saturday, one of the reasons that you had to leave that term, that reserve, the youth game early, was that you had an appointment with a pint <laughs> in uh, boots and laces. Uh, just a, it turned a little, into a half. It, 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 it yeah, did. Yeah. Just hats off to the club. They, they do things like that really well these days. They and do I now. Thought that beer launch was just a. It, it goes back to the the last day of last season with the waving flags. Which also we lost, incidentally. Um, we did just when Torquay put on a big, uh, a big event like that, they seem to lose the game. But go. fair play, it's a thing that the club does well at the moment, isn't it? And it's um, the beer's good as well. It's got 
the club has got obviously a business hat on at the mm. moment and things are going pretty well, reasonably well on that side. Um, you've got trouble booking a meal in the restaurant before games now. I think it's booked up for yeah. most weeks. Um, <clears throat> they're selling me meals there for the Yeovil game on January the 1st, on New Year's Day at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that was, a, I think we all felt that the launch of it was quite good. I know I'm bound to be uh, um, a bit biased. You are in the video. I'm not in it, but I'm sort of, uh, <laughs> um, I'm involved, put it like that. But it's it did tick a lot of boxes for people. Yeah. It I think the key to think, it put a smile on people's faces, didn't it? It did. It yeah. wasn't just yeah. a kind of a, you know, uh, new beer at Playmore, uh, doesn't it taste good? It was done with a, a real wry smile, yeah. a few jokes, a few laughs. Um, if, and if, it seems to have gone down very well. If you haven't seen the video yet, by the way, I'll, I'll put it in the in this podcast story. You'll find it up at the top of the page somewhere. But full marks to Red Rocks Brewery, to Jim McNichol, to Johnny Finnis. Um, it's a lovely piece of work. It's funny. There are laughs in it. There are little hidden jokes in it as well. You've got to watch it a couple of times to pick up the gags. But it's it's really nicely done, isn't and it? And Torquay United in the National League, I think, is probably, unless somebody that we don't know about in the Premier League or wherever it is, is yeah. suddenly the club with its own beer. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, again, a, a great line, isn't it? It, it helps the club's image yeah. way beyond Playmore. Um, you know, United supporters all around the country, all around the world have latched onto this and, and, and it's put a smile on their yeah. faces as well. And it's all part of a club's identity, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is, is that... Uh, I always remember years and years ago talking and tried to sort of project this line of more than just a football club. And that's very hard to do, especially yeah. at a small you know, town football club like Torquay United. But this sort of thing does help in that yeah. process. And, and um, you know, it's, it's all designed to make Playmore a pretty fun place to go yeah. to. yeah. Whether or not the football's great every single week, most weeks the football's been pretty good, and it still is. Yeah. And and, uh, um, and on the back of that, United at the moment are doing their best to try and put smiles on people's faces. It all helps. Need to mention Tolchard's in there as well. Tolchard's the uh, the firm behind the whole thing. And with our beer connoisseurs hats on, it's not a bad drop either, is it? <laughs> we'll move on. Um, also, um, a, a, somebody that you will all have seen at Plainmore, but, but you might not know his name. And, and probably never really noticed. No, but but he will have taken your picture if you've been in the crowd at Plainmore over the past few years. Uh, Sean Hernan's retired. Well, he, he, he mentioned it to me a few weeks ago uh, to say that November was the time when he was finally calling it a day. Sean, by the way, is old enough to have retired long time, long ago, but it's typical of him and his breed that he's kept going. Yeah. Um, and even though he's sort of, I don't know how old Sean is now, but he's certainly way beyond the normal retirement age. Um, n quality still spot on. Yeah. Uh, he's, great enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, the sort of photographer that people like, reporters like you and I could always go to and say, oh, Sean, could you look out for so and so, so and so, yeah. so and so? And it was never a kind of, well, where will he be sitting? Just, Leave it to me. I'll find him. I'll find Absolutely. him. And um, that's sort of a guy. Yeah. I was just going to say, what you can do with retirement. Oh, I might go and watch some football, take a few pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And, uh, and a class act as a photographer. Uh, wonderfully cheerful, reliable yeah. bloke. Uh, and um, he's called it a day. 
uh, and they were double-handed there last week. Phil Mingo, who runs the Pinnacle Agency, was there, was there with yeah. a number two. That's how, <laughs> that's how important Sean was. Um, so, uh, yeah. But um, we'll miss Sean we'll, playing more. We and you will have seen him, trust me. He's yeah. the chap down beard, on the... White uh, beard, yeah. uh, glasses... Uh, so, usually <laughs> covered in a great coat uh, <laughs> to keep him warm in uh, in midwinter. Because it's not easy. I mean, we were talking earlier on before we did before we came on air about the art of taking a good football photograph. If you go out with your camera and try and take a good football photograph, and you realise how tough it really is to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we've been fortunate to work with some people um, who've been able to do it over the years. Sean being the most recent of them. Colin Bratcher. Well, spoken for the late, the late great Colin Bratcher. Paul um, V. Paul V. Well. From the Torbay News yeah. Agency. Um, uh, very, very difficult thing to do well. It's hard. You've not just got to have the right equipment and the right lighting, but you've got to know your football, haven't you? You have. And, and, and of course, the, the, mo the biggest disaster for any photographer is, is to miss the all in you can't be you can't be in all four corners of the ground at the same time so obviously mainly photographers yeah. we talked about used to go at the end talking we're attacking but uh, uh, in in important games in any game there's usually one or two key moments usually goals yeah and if you miss them it's almost as if why did i bother turning up yeah so to be in the right place at the right time to react quickly enough to things yeah to get that photograph off with enough quality for it to tick all the boxes for people when they see it in the paper or on screen yeah. is, a, is a real, you know, skill and art. And, and, and um, yeah, they are not, there are decreasing numbers of them around. Well, everybody seems to have pictures. They, the cameras are all in the goal net, aren't they? Remotely operated from the VAR truck or the, something. Well, they? at certain <laughs> levels they are. Yeah, not at, not at, not at play no. now. So it's always always good to see, um, yeah. you know, the photographers. When you go to an away game as well, every newspaper's got one. Everybody's got somebody at these grounds, and uh, the the uh, sports coverage in your local paper and on your local website wouldn't be the same without them, would no. it? It's, what does they say? A picture tells a thousand words. It does indeed. And one thing we should have talked about last week that um, I forgot to mention last week just completely went out of my head. In the wake of the England camp bust-up between Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez, yeah, uh, I was just interested. A, this is a thing that belongs in the social media age, isn't it? Because this you would never have got out previously. But in your long experience <laughs> as a Talkie United reporter, how often I think does I know this, what's coming. Here. How often does this kind of thing happen on the training ground? Well. Put it like this, I remember hmm, 1980s, something like that, a, 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 a supporter coming up to me in the town one day and saying, Dave, bit of a tip for you, uh, should make a good story, fight in the dressing room yesterday at Playmore. And I went, really, yeah. oh yeah, and he told me the name of the two players involved and everything. And I said, well, with all due respect, if you come up to me one week and tell me that there hasn't been a fight in the dressing room or something, <laughs> then <laughs> I would think that might be a story. Now, I'm not saying there are fights in the dressing room every week. Of course, there aren't. But football dressing rooms are very often sparky places. Yeah. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot of egos going on. Uh, you are in a physical game where people are bouncing off each other uh, at regular intervals, physically and mentally, psychologically. Yeah. And it shouldn't come as any surprise to people that 
from time to time, there are varying degrees of spats. Yeah. Some of them are a push and a shove and a few swear words, and that's the end of it. Very often between quite good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously it does escalate. And down the years, there have been uh, moments that, uh, in Talking United's history where obviously uh, uh, they've slipped into almost into folklore. Well, there are two in particular that I can think of. There was the one involving the kettle just before the cup final at Wembley. The playoff final the in playoff 91. Final. This is yeah, quite yeah. well documented, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, it the, the, the spat, the alleged spat yeah. between uh, Tommy Tynan and Wes Saunders, um, the result of which meant that Wes Saunders played the final with a strapping round his head uh, and played, <laughs> played brilliantly, of course. Having having um, collided with a kettle. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a, a one that's gone into, <laughs> in, in, into folklore. Um, let's face it, uh, it, it's all reported stuff because there were only yeah. two people there at the no, time. No, that's right. That's right. And, and it wasn't like there was a load of witnesses. And there was a training ground bust up earlier than that, wasn't there, which involved a high-profile player and the manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think most people have heard about the incident between former United manager Colin, uh, Colin, uh, um, Bruce, Bruce Rio uh, and Colin Anderson, one of the players on 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 the, on a. On a I think it was the all-weather training place at Audley Park, Park, Park yeah. What, yeah. what's now um, yeah. Torquay Academy, um, uh, which had huge ramifications because, uh, you know, Conor Anderson ended up needing hospital treatment and, and Bruce Rioch effectively lost or, or left the club as a result of it, which yeah. was a great shame because he was a pretty good very, manager. Very but, good manager. But yeah. th these were just incidents of people's frustrations mm. with, with the situation. And very often, if you've got a way of taking your frustration out in a game, just by running your heart out or or tackling and and, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, you can get it out of your system very often. But situations where you feel almost powerless to change things, mm. that's very often when it goes through the roof. Yeah. Uh, Reox yeah. frustrations with all sorts of things, including finance and and you know. Yeah, we just lost a game. I remember at Tranmere uh, a, a couple of days before. Uh, there was transfer interest involved, all sorts of things. Finally, just uh, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe you know, probably not, might have pushed him over the edge. Um, uh, Tommy Tynan in in the couldn't get in the team. Mm -hmm. Just about to go to Wembley, he'd never played at Wembley no. in his playing in all his playing career and all those hundreds of goals he scored. Uh, he was frustrated w w with that situation. Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, those sort of things often, you know, mm. cause incidents like that. Um, and the current, it happens less and less now. It happens less and less. Yeah. Uh, yours truly has been held up against the dressing room wall on a couple of occasions in the past. Are, 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 really? Um, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and for writing stuff that you and I would think was fairly straightforward yeah. okay it was critical or, or it, uh, but if you're a player and your whole being your whole reason for being is to go out on a football pitch in front of in Torquay's case two three thousand people each week and hopefully come off it well and then you see something in my case in the paper yeah and it's critical of you I can understand you know, players yeah, yeah. getting pretty angry. I remember Alan Little, who, who could tackle like a tank, chasing me around a training ground <laughs> on away from home on, <laughs> one, one, in a five-a-side one day, and he was a great bloke, and we were we were, we got on brilliantly. 
Um, even before that, I remember another lad holding me up against the, the dressing room yeah. wall one day, very quickly. He dropped it, you know, quite quickly, saying, um, "I think I think I'm." I, it was something as innocent as I'd reported in the paper that he hadn't played very well, but he was only half fit. Okay. And yeah. that yeah. was an assault on his pride. And I remember him holding me against the wall and saying, never, ever try and make excuses for me, Dave. Mm. If I'm out there, I'm fit. And I thought, well, what a, what a wonderful thing for a yeah. pro to say. He wasn't asking for sympathy. He wasn't asking for anybody to make excuses for him. And he was just making the point to me <laughs> with pretty emphatically yeah. that he didn't want me to do it again. And I, 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 I won't tell who it was, but uh, he was, he was uh, my, my estimation of him went up as a matter of <laughs> for the incident, not, yeah. not down. And different managers must deal with this kind of thing differently down the years. I mean, some managers must confront it and other managers probably have a way of taking the players to one side and saying, you know, I, did, I admire the, uh, the commitment here. But... I, I think it all comes down as well to the type of man players that managers sign. Yeah. I remember when Cyril Knowles had, had his team in the late 80s, who we all know... <laughs> Used to get stuck in big they were, time. Yes. We're talking the dressing MP. room door hammerers. Yeah, weren't they? The, the yeah. MP Caldwell, yeah. uh, um, Dawkins, Phil Lloyd, Jim McNichols side. Cyril would very often delay his entry into the dressing room at half time, especially at half time. Yeah, um, and sometimes at full time. Yeah, um, mind you, he had he had a player coaching Sean Hazelgrave in there as yeah. well, just to let the steam okay subside yeah. a bit. Because he knew that he had so many, in quotes, men in there mm. who would very quickly tear into each other if they didn't think that one or two were doing their jobs right. And then he would go in over the top of that. Other managers sometimes, almost deliberately, subconsciously, don't sign that kind of player because they don't want yeah. that kind of thing happening in a dressing room. In other words, so some managers can handle it and actually want it, and others are more wary of it. You do hear that the player and managers aren't keen on having big characters in the dressing room sometimes because don't you? they can yeah. dominate the dressing yeah. room and all, all all of that kind of stuff. That that sort of thing is overestimated a bit now. Yeah. But I think in the modern era, you tend not to have too many. There aren't many John Impey's, Dave Corwells, Guy Branstons, those sort of people. Yeah. Are, 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 you know, there are fewer of them. Mm. Put it like that. Um, is the game the poorer for that though well I dare say I mean we, we've talked on, on this podcast before and I'm sure United players uh, and United supporters will have seen Steve McNulty playing over the years for yeah. all sorts of clubs mainly for Tranmere Rovers in the, in the last few years uh, uh, Steve McNulty as an athlete would, would you know he might line up in the front row of an American defense, <laughs> football def defence but I guarantee that one of the reasons why the managers kept signing him and kept playing him mm -hmm. was that anybody needed sorting out or or a finger pointing in the dressing room and told to get their finger out he would be the he would yeah. be the one to do it um, and but how many of the steam those type of players are there around mm -hmm. these days it look it's a different world yeah it's sorry it's the same world but a slightly dis different generation mm -hmm. there are still players in that united dressing room who speak up yeah and will have a go uh, it it doesn't come out too much, mm -hmm. uh, um, and probably all the better for it. Um, but uh, it's it's part of any proper sporting dressing room, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it would be a funny old team in any sport 
when no one lost their rag. No, that's true. You know, that's true. And, and you can say, well, yeah, but that's part of a winning dressing room. Yeah. You know, the people aren't allowed to get away with not quite good enough or not making that run. You know, in other words, there's, there's nothing worse for a centre-half or a full-back who's under pressure and maybe struggling a little bit, yeah. sticks a ball into the channel to relieve a bit of pressure and the striker doesn't chase after it and, and make it look half-decent or put their defender. There is nothing worse than that. No. And, and those, <laughs> those type of strikers will usually be spoken to fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, because, in a way, that immediately brings the attention back on the player who's just kicked the ball. Oh, where do you think that's gone? Oh, that was a rubbish ball, wasn't it? But it, didn't, it, w it wouldn't be a rubbish ball if the striker A has if anticipated you, yeah. it and then got on the end of it. It's a great ball, isn't it? Yeah, true. Raheem, uh, Sterling and, and Gomez storming a teacup. Oh, you're telling me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think... Fueled and generated by A, social media and B, 24-hour sports update bulletin news. I can't... People were asking, well, why did... Uh, why were they left out? Or why certainly why was Raheem Sterling left out? And, and what... What... What Gomez actually? Some people booed when he when he mm. was brought onto the pitch. Yeah. What? Yeah. Where are they coming from? Absolutely. Um, but I think Sterling was left out not because of the incident, not because of the incident, because both players very quickly came out after and said it's already forgotten. Yeah. Nothing yeah. in it. It was to protect him almost certainly from the glare yeah. and the potential questions and almost the. Would any would a camera have been directed on Raheem Sterling for all ninety Constantly, minutes of the, of, yeah, of the yeah, next game? It yeah. would have been. So I think probably that's why Southgate yeah. left. I mean, you'd never leave Raheem Sterling out of the England team in a normal circumstance, would you? He's he's only one of the best players in the world. So congratulations to England qualified with some ease. Congratulations to Wales, Get in, Wales. qualified as well yeah. with. And, and isn't it great to see everybody, including possibly the world's best player, Gareth Bale raving about Kiefer Moore. One of our own. One of our yeah, own. And, and what a wonderful journey he's been on, hasn't yeah. he? Um, to, to, uh, uh, to get where he, where he is now. Um, if we uh, have uh, to pinch ourselves, imagine how he must be feeling. Exactly. What a great thing for yeah, him. Yeah. I, he, 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 he talked about how important it was, if necessarily, to win ugly, yeah. didn't he, against Hungary the other night. Although I don't think there was much ugliness about that. And you couldn't help thinking, you know, Kiefer, calm down. There is nothing more beautiful in football than a decent cross and someone like you are on the end of it. Absolutely. And, uh, he had a hand in the second goal yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll keep his place in that squad into the finals next year. Wherever wherever, wherever. are drawn. Crack off and Tromso or oh. wherever. In England are playing at Wembley, you're, aren't they? You're, you're, you're making plans, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'd like to. Let's see, uh, let's see where we end up. Yeah. But... Uh, there you go. Fully paid up Wales supporter. Well done, Henders. Happy days for England and Wales fans. And happy days for Torquay fans, hopefully, at Chorley and Eastley. In the next few days, we'll have plenty to talk about. Oh, much to discuss. There is a lot at stake, podcast. isn't there? There is a lot at stake. And uh, United have got to just hang in there, yeah. as, as uh, um, Gary Johnson has said. Uh, not, I think, at, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the right thing to say, yeah, isn't it? It is. Thanks for your time. We've taken up quite enough of it. Thank you to Patrick and Gary for uh, inviting us into the press conference. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, come, come on, on you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com 
or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL, or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.